The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Eight o'clock. Appreciate you joining us, Jim and Kate, today. Buckeye boy out this week on vacation. Coming up, give you a chance to win with Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema. Also, Central Coach Mary Doan in a little bit, but uh, just a moment, we'll talk with Montrose Red Ox girls coach Steve Skiff. Later on today, Todd Helton will find out if he's going to get the call to go into Baseball Hall of Fame. The call to the hall. The call to the hall for Todd Helton. Does it happen for Todd Helton? I really hope so. I, I hope so, too. Baseball Hall of Fame uh, vote tracker with uh, Ryan Thibodeau has Helton right now at 82% with 194 public ballots, 12 uh, unverified ballots, and percentage-wise, 53.6% of, of the ballots that we know, whether baseball writers put it out on, on X, put it on social media uh, of who they voted for, Adrian Beltre, 99%, Joe Maurer, 83 Todd Helton, 82 and Billy Wagner, 77.7%. So it's looking good. I mean, this is no guarantee. This is not a positive, you know, as far as this is not a guarantee, I should say. It's it's positive. It's not a guarantee that Todd Helton will go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I guess my other question is, after Walker and Helton, who's next? Oh, the Rockies. Ooh. Give that some thought. That is a, that's a good question. <laughs> because that does take a little thinking where maybe it's Matt Holiday, who of course went on to play for the Cardinals and Yankees. The problem, though, is that it's, it's a question of if you have to think about it, probably means they're not worthy of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, and Matt Holiday could very well be. I, you know, I need more of a deep dive breakdown on on holiday but certainly Tortulowitzki I just too too many injury shortened seasons career cut short by injuries I don't I don't know if Tulo has enough I mean it, he was when healthy one of the very best shortstops in yeah. baseball 100% but you're going to look at the injury history and go man I don't know I don't know did get to go to a world series that's positive, but I don't know. Uh, so if you got some thoughts on that today of who else you think might be uh, after Todd Helton, hopefully goes oh. in today, who do you think should be the next Rocky for, uh, for, for fans to get behind to, to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, call or text us on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right, uh, time to talk some uh, high school basketball. We have a full court coverage tonight. Both Montrose teams at Fruit Monument, both Grand Junction teams at Central on the team. Coverage starts at 5. Time to talk a little uh, Montrose girls basketball with the Red Ox coach, Steve Skiff. Talking Montrose girls basketball with coach Steve Skiff on the team. And Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Steve Skiff joins us. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Uh, doing fine. Doing fine. Always appreciate the time to talk uh, with you about uh, your Red Hawks girls basketball team. Uh, before we dive into uh, Fruit of Monument tonight, 
big matchup for your basketball team uh, right here on the team. By the way, you can catch the game at 102.1 FM along uh, Highway 50 in, in Montrose for that one tonight. Your team uh, right now, uh, after uh, dropping a couple of games, losing to Kent Denver, losing that league opener to Central, uh, the train back on the tracks of the Red Hawks. Uh, three straight wins, uh, a really good win against a quality Palisade team uh, at, at their place. Uh, you knocked off Glenwood Springs, held them to 21 points, and then Eagle Valley, you held them under under 20 points. So your, your last two games defensively, got to be really pleased with what you've seen from from your players on, on that end of the floor. We are. Yeah, our uh, defense last couple of games have uh, has been really good, and the offense is starting to click in with it as well. So um, it was good to be home. Uh, Glenwood and Eagle Valley were our first two home games of the year, so I think the girls were really excited to play in front of their own fans. And, um, yeah, we, we had a good week. So um, like you say, the train is back on the tracks, hopefully. What's been the thing, the, the message that the you've tried to to impart to your players You know, after you dropped a couple of games there, maybe on the offensive side and the defensive side, Steve, that you feel like they've they've really taken to? You know, I think for us, we, we were close. Um, you know, the Central game, obviously, that was that was a tough one for us. And, you know, give them a lot of credit. Christina Manzanares just um, had a really good game that night, and we couldn't slow her down. And, um, you know, we just we had to get back to what we do and what we do best. That's play defense and, you know, run our offense. And, and I think just, you know, on offense, just keep shooting the ball. You know, we had a couple tough shooting nights, and, um, we were running good stuff and getting open shots, but they weren't falling. And so I think it was just kind of stay the course, and and we were going to have some nights that uh, went our way as well. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, with us on the team sports network in that win against Eagle Valley. The usual suspects performed for you as as always with uh, Maggie Leg with ten points, Tegan Rocco at thirteen, Macy Oberg led the way with with fifteen points in that game. But you got a nice uh, nine point game from Brooke Williams. If you can get that. That fourth player in that nine to ten point range on occasion, uh, you really have something going with with your three big scores. Absolutely, and Brooke has has been really making strides for us, and um, you know, great volleyball player who who's played basketball for us the last couple of years, and and she's just each and every week getting so much better. She does a great job of finishing around the basket. She'll go get rebounds. Um, so yeah, really happy with the effort and, and production we've been getting out of her the last couple of games. Red Ox girls basketball coach Steve Skiff with us. Uh, Montrose ten and three right now, zero uh, one in the Southwestern League, playing their second league game tonight against Fruit of Monument Wildcats. Come in twelve and two, and they won their league opener against uh, Grand Junction. And when you talk about the Wildcats, uh, Liv Campbell uh, was one of the, the league's better scores. Uh, certainly a player you have to focus on, but uh, Addison Air has uh, really elevated her game this season. Uh, Points-wise, she's just percentage points behind uh, Liv Campbell for the Wildcats' scoring lead. She's their top rebounder. Uh, those two have formed a, a very uh, dynamic duo for Jeff Johnson out of Fruit of Monument. They really have. Those two are, are great players, have been great players, and uh, definitely definitely get our attention. Um, you know, Liv does, does a lot of good stuff, uh, not only shooting the ball, but passing the ball, kind of running their offense. And Addison's just one of those players that, that – does it all i mean she she does a great job of crashing offensive boards and playing defense and and now that the scoring is, is kind of come with it it's we're definitely going to have our hands full with and, those two and, and you get a player too in mckenzie mason that has started to uh, to really open it up on on the perimeter she had a good weekend uh, shooting the three ball steve and so that's a, another area of of concern for your team on the defensive end is 
is Mackenzie Mason and her ability to hit those corner threes. It really is. You know, they have they have five great players that they start. Coach Thompson does a great job with them and, and really kind of find it. You know, they do a good job of sharing the basketball and finding the open person. And and so it is. It's, it's you can't you can't focus on one or two people. You gotta you gotta play defense against all five. So um, you know, fruit is always a tough environment, great environment to play in. And and uh, you know, we're excited for the challenge tonight. And and I think it'll be a really good basketball game. And like I said earlier to Jeff Johnson that when his team plays your team, it's it's always a great measuring stick of not just the league, but also how how good his team is. I mean, right now, I believe they're 13th in the RPI and 6A. I believe you're 5th in, in the 5A RPI right now. And it's for both of your teams, it, it's a, a great opportunity to see how much progress you've made, maybe coming uh, you know out of, the, out of the holiday break and everything, that uh, it does afford that opportunity to really gauge uh, the progress that you've made. It really does, and that's what we've talked about even yesterday at, at practice. You know, we're these are the games we want to play in. This is the type of atmosphere we want to play in. This is the game that's going to get us ready. You know, hopefully for for a playoff run towards the end of the season. And and Fruta, you know, they are they're they've been the kind of the benchmark of our league for for a long time now. And um, you know, it's always a, a kind of a tough place for us to play down there. But um, yeah, we're coming out of this. You know, we're going to absolutely know you know where we're at. So. We're excited for the challenge, and, and uh, you know, hopefully it it uh, lives up to, to some of the hype that it has. Yeah, it should be a great one tonight. Uh, both Montrose teams at Fruita Monument, uh, part of our full-court coverage, along with uh, Grand Junction's uh, teams at Central tonight. Our pregame at 5 o'clock. Girls tip it at 5.30. The boys right around 7 o'clock tonight with our full-court coverage. And you can uh, catch it here in the Valley, 101 1 FM, 1340 AM, and along Highway 50 in Montrose. Uh, follow along tonight, 102.1 FM or online at theteam1340.com. Hey, Steve, I appreciate it. We'll see you at Fruita tonight. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Steve Skip, the coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, joining us in the program this morning. All right. 810, Jim along with Cake today. Some thoughts about Pyle. Who's going to be next after Todd Helton? Assuming Todd Helton goes to the Hall of Fame today. Which, again, we hope he does. Which we do. We hope that is the case. But what if... So what, But who next? who's next, though? We got Larry Walker, who we certainly felt like deserved to be in. Mm-hmm. And also, now we hope that Todd Helton will be in. And that'll be the case. And so, we'll see what happens. But, I, but who's next, though? Is it Matt Holliday? Matt Holliday is a good one. But, again, it's, it's something you know, said earlier that if you have to think about it, it's probably, that probably doesn't mean their chances are great at getting in. You know, it's like, if we have to, if we have to kind of ponder, well, is it Matt holiday? Is it Troy Tulowitzki? Like these are all guys that are beloved by Rockies fans, but it's a bit of a challenge to convince some of these Baseball writers, particularly that, you know, the whole East Coast bias thing. Try to convince them that these were not just guys that played well at cores because it was cores, you know, because it was right. at altitude. Try to convince them to know that these were generational talents. These were playmakers. These were guys that were worthy of going into the Hall of Fame. Try to do that. It's 
it's a Herculean task at this point. But certainly Walker and Helton are, are two players I think we've we've always felt like th- these are players that should be in the Hall of Fame. And, and Larry, of course, made it in, and that they kind of broke, helped the Rockies break through the, the bias of, of altitude and playing at Coors Field and inflated offensive numbers, but also Larry played in Montreal. He played in, in St. Louis. He, he performed well at other places. Todd Helton, the thing that's worked against Todd is all, all 17 years were as a member of the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. And like I said, that last year, that's where analytics really helps because that, with the park-adjusted numbers, it helps to show people Todd Helton was a heck of a hitter and also a tremendous defensive first baseman, which altitude doesn't affect that. Um, you can pick it, you can pick it. Um, and, and so I, I think that fortunately voters have looked at the analytics and said, you know, Todd Helton was a really great offensive player. You know, from a home run standpoint, Todd had really good power numbers, but he was, he was never going to be, I know people are going to freak out when they say the name Barry Bonds or or somebody of, of that ilk or McGuire. He didn't he didn't have those kind of numbers. That just wasn't his his swing. But a tremendous gap hitter, and a hitter obviously with with powers. We you know, played the clip last hour of his famous uh, two run home run against the Dodgers to sweep when they won twenty out of twenty one to to go on that uh, that incredible run. Move from fourth into the playoffs and to go on, of course, to, to make the World Series against the uh, the Boston Red Sox back in 2007. All right, uh, Mary Doan, Central Girls coach, coming up in a few minutes. So preview uh, their matchup with the Tigers. Time right now for... The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. Okay, a couple things to get to as we head into uh, championship weekend. Of course, it all starts Sunday at noon right here on the team. The Broncos, we mentioned the other day that um, the Broncos are one of three teams that are kind of on the short list to be on hard knocks. Denver's never been on hard knocks. And apparently HBO, they really like the idea of maybe the, the drama of Russell Wilson stays around. What happens there? Sean Payton, what's going on with the Broncos? That The feeling is out there that the Broncos are kind of their number one pick right now. Oh, great. Of the Broncos, Saints, and Bears. That there's, remember, here's the, the qualifiers for this. Teams can be forced to do it unless they have a first-year head coach, a playoff berth in the last two seasons, appeared on hard knocks in the past 10 years. Well, Denver doesn't qualify for any of those. <laughs> Let's see. Haven't been to the postseason. They don't have a first-year head coach, <laughs> and they've never been on hard knocks. So it's looking more and more like that's a possibility. And there's one report that Sean Payton is kind of welcoming the idea of being on hard knocks. Some no. people think that he secretly wants to have the team on hard knocks, which no. I, what? I'm not sure why he would, but apparently he's got some interest. Mr. What's your question? Wants to be in the, I know. wants I, to be on TV. I'm just on HBO. I'm just not sure I'm entirely buying Sean Payton wants to be on Hard Knocks. We'll see what happens. Also, um, I'd say that's a crock. Also, apparently the Philadelphia Eagles will have two coordinators now. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Brian Johnson's not going to come back as the offensive coordinator. First year as the team's OC after two seasons as the quarterback's coach. 
but they finished seventh in points, eighth in yards. There was some inconsistency, and obviously the Eagles did not do particularly well in the playoffs. So uh, Johnson's had some interest as a head coach in other places. Uh, Falcons and also got a request from the Panthers and the Titans. And they also uh, parted ways with defensive coordinator Sean Desai and also Matt Patricia, the senior defensive assistant, uh, looking for a new job as well. So uh, looks like uh, some major changes going on with Philadelphia uh, moving forward. But not Nick Sirianni. But not Nick Sirianni, no. Also, we mentioned how big the numbers were for San Francisco and Green Bay for Fox. It was their highest rated uh, Saturday game ever. Uh, the numbers for Chiefs and Bills slipped under 40 million viewers. Uh, 39 viewer, 39 million viewers watched uh, the, the Chiefs beat the Bills in the, uh, to get to the AFC Championship game. 8.6% drop from the January 2022 game. So mixed bag a little bit. You had over 40 million for the Saturday night game with the, with the Niners and the Packers. But overall, the NFL continues to be the romp and stomp and butt kicking yep. TV machine king. when it comes to live, live television, network television. They continue to be the dominant force uh, in that. All right, 817, Jim along with Cake today. And it's time to play Triple Boy Records Stadium Cinema. Know your sports TV shows and movies? Let's play Stadium Cinema on the team. Yes. Stadium Cinema today, your chance to win the downtown double play with Triple Play, wherein you will get a $20 gift certificate to Triple Play Records and an antipasta salad from Junction Square Pizza. Now, a couple things. If you've won within the last two weeks, please sit it out. And if you don't want the prize, you know, don't, Just don't play. Simple yeah. as that. Don't do it. But if you do want the prize or if you, at the very least, want to get in for the never-ending contest this month, try to win with Stadium Cinema. Today, we're going to play a film clip from the movie Soul, the Disney Pixar one. There is a pro sports team that gets name dropped in this scene. You are to tell me which pro sports team it is. Check this out. I have been messing with this team for decades. So there's a couple of clues. So this is from Soul, the this Pixar from movie. Pixar movie okay. Soul. You can kind of hear what sport they might be playing. And it's a real brief cameo, but if you know the uh the sportscaster at the uh, on the call there, you might be able to tell who it is. But so what pro sports team in that clip was uh name dropped there? Okay, so once again, you there's no age requirement here because we're not it's not alcohol. It's uh, it's the salad and a gift card to <laughs> Triple Play Records. Downtown double play with Triple Play and Junction Square Pizza. So, uh, and if you're looking to get into disc golf, I know they're opening up the new nine hole course out in Clifton. Yes. So, uh, Rock and Matt know everything about disc golf. They are the guys. They're part of the Grand Valley Disc Club. Also, you can uh, get some other discs like great vinyl. Uh, from Triple Play down on Main Street, plus the small Anapasto salad from Junction Square Pizza at 7th and Main. All right, uh, coming up, it's Cards for a Cause. We have uh, Martha with uh, uh, with Marillac joining us this morning, and uh, Grand Junction Rotary's putting this on to benefit Marillac. Good morning, Martha. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. So, Martha, tell us about Cards for a Cause and how this is going to help out Marillac. Well, um, we 
are so excited because Grand Junction Rotary contacted us and said that they, well, we all know they care about the mental health of our youth in this community, and they decided they'd step up and start a new fundraiser and help support the work that we do at Marillac um, out at Central High School at our Warrior Wellness Center to support the students out there who need to meet with a counselor. Before we talk about Cards for Cause, but how many students does Marillac help with the, with the Warrior Wellness Center out at Central High School? Well, we've been open since um, August of 2020, and since then it's been hundreds of students. Yeah, Benefiting from a variety of things, whether it's a cut, a bruise, medical care, and also now from, from a psychological standpoint Abs- as well. Absolutely. We've got, we've got um, medical out there. We also have dental care um, so kids can come in and get screenings. And that's really kids walk through the door with headaches and colds and problems like that and also know they, they can talk to a counselor if they'd like to. Yeah, so going to the school nurse doesn't always necessarily solve all the problems and the, the kids now face today. And so this is where Marillac with the Warrior Wellness Center certainly helps to cover a, a variety of needs. So it's uh, the, the evening group of the Rotary Club of Grand Junction have a, an afternoon of Texas Hold'em uh, to support, like I said, the, the mental health services over at uh, the Warrior Wellness Center at Central. Uh, it, it's coming up on, on the 27th, or the 27th, noon to 4 o'clock at the Moose Lodge. That's at 567 25 and a half road. So give us the details about how people can get involved with Cards for a Cause. Cards for a Cause out there. You're right, Moose Lodge here in Grand Junction. And um, going to our website at merillachealth.org. Click on that homepage right there. You'll see a little ad, and then you'll, it'll take you to the registration page. And people can participate. Um, it's $100 a person, and uh, they get a stack of poker chips. They get a drink ticket and lunch by Colorado Q and Baker's Boutique. So it'll be an afternoon of fun. Yeah, Colorado Q is really good. Mm, yeah, you can't go That's wrong really good. That. Yeah, you cannot uh, go wrong with that. Right. No doubt about that. Uh, so we mentioned with Central with the Warrior Wellness Center, Grand Junction High School's new... Uh, school of course will have a, a similar clinic and, and what's Merillac's role in that oh uh, well we're running it in the same way that we have been out at um, central high school so working with the school um to to you know put together all the timing all the services all the connections to helping students know that it's there and um you know it is a lot of work because we have to build trust um we you know get students and staff to think about this as an option and and the interesting thing about being there is that it not only helps the students directly but we find that parents really um, like to know that it's there it's good quality health care and and their kiddos um, can walk in and get what they need um, and parents don't have to t- take time off of work rework their schedules to help their kids get their teeth cleaned or you know, be cared for for a concussion worry. You know, at least that's that first line of defense kind of thing. So it's win-win. Win for the parents, win for the, the student, obviously, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And so it's a it's a fantastic thing you folks are doing at, at Central and soon over at Grand Junction High School. But once again, uh, Martha, how do people get signed up for Cards for a Cause? Go to our website um, at MerillacHealth.org. Um, and I just want to give a big shout out here to to Grand Junction Rotary for stepping up. We've got a lot of great prizes that people will win if they just get involved. All right. But what's the signature prize, Martha? Uh, the signature prize are four Rockies tickets. We've got a duck hunt. We've got two Clint Black tickets, thanks to this organization here, the radio station. You guys donated those. I had so nothing be- personally to do with it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled that we were able to participate and help yeah. out. So he's coming to town, I think, on February 3rd at the Avalon. So there's always a tremendous fun. performer. And then, of course, cookies and cocktails with the Girl Scouts. They're donating this package, and it's a super fun, fun thing to win. Well, Martha, appreciate the, the fine work you and the folks at Merrillac do. We appreciate the time, as always. 
Thank you very much. All right, 823, we'll take a break. We'll come back up next. Mary Doan, coach of the Central Girls, will join us on the Jim Davis Show. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan on the team. And Mary Doan brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Central Girls right now undefeated to start out league play at 2-0, overall. And they are currently riding a four-game winning streak. Mary Doan joins us. Hello, Mary. How are you? Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Doing fine. Uh, see, the last time that we spoke, you were on the road. And you had some frustrations with how your team was playing. And I think you dropped a couple of games for Collins and and Douglas County as well. But since then, uh, your team has been really good. Beating uh, Montrose, that says a lot, uh, considering uh, the talent that Steve Skiff has there. Glenwood Springs, that's a quality basketball program. Took care of Battle Mountain and then uh, knocked off Durango to get your second league win. What's been the difference for your basketball team during this uh, this four-game winning streak? Uh, you know, so when we talked about it, Jim, in Fort Collins, it was just... Uh, you know, like I said, the, the girls are doing, you know, little things that they need to get better and they need to be playing more as a team, moving the ball more as a team and, and stuff that we've been working on in, in practice. And that just, it takes time. Like a basketball season is a process and, and you got to, you know, you absorb this process and you got to embrace it and have patience. And, you know, generally speaking, those who are playing their best in December and January aren't the teams who are left over in March. And so, as much as you want to be undefeated, as much as you don't want to go out and play, you know, number five ranked team in, in 6A and and lose to them, you learn those lessons early and hopefully it pays off later. And I just think that a little bit of how they're playing right now is from the lessons that they, earned, they learned and earned, you know, earlier in the season. Mary Doan, coach of the Central Girls basketball team with us. Uh, they have Grand Junction tonight. We'll talk more about the, the Tigers in, in just a moment. Uh, they've made some strides in, in year two under Cindy Brandon. But uh, you know, I, I guess one thing I want to go back to and just acknowledge Christina Manzanera is reaching 1,000 points in her career. And with uh, with all the great players that have played at Central in the past, the, the, the Amy Kames, and I mean, there's, there's so many names out there that uh, and players that you coached, uh, Mary, that, uh, that have had tremendous careers. Uh, put into perspective for us what Christina Manzanera is able to accomplish with a thousand points in her warrior career. Well, you know, I think it's fantastic and it's obviously a huge milestone and it begins, I think what people don't understand is it begins with your freshman year. Um, and it's kind of funny you said that because I have a freshman boy in my class who's playing, you know, JV and he was like, you know, asking about the thousand point career and, and, you know, kind of talking about wanting to get that. It's like, you kind of need four years to do it. Uh, and so for her, I mean, just being consistent and steady and, and then continuing to grow every year and add to her weapons and how she can score. And, um, it's just, again, if you, if you want to go back with the process, I mean, scoring a thousand points is, is also a process and it's not something that happens overnight and it takes time and it takes development. And, you know, we're all extremely happy for her and, um, again, there's not a lot of students who do that. Not a lot of kids who hit a thousand. So that's a really a great accomplishment for Christina. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you're right. It, it starts with being good enough to make varsity as a freshman, then to be good enough 
to play significant minutes as a freshman. Uh, that that speaks to Christina and just how what a talented basketball player she is. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need at least 250 points a year, and if you were to just take obviously the average there. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's taking as a freshman getting at least, you know, 10 points a game and getting above that 100-point mark. And then, you know, her last, uh, last year as a junior, I think she scored over 300 points um, in the season. And so it just, again, it's just it's a great um, milestone for her. And uh, we're, we're all just happy for her to do that. Mary Doan, Central Girls Basketball Coach, with us on the Team Sports Network. It's Grand Junction tonight. Uh, Cindy Brandon, who had a, a sensational career uh, at Grand Junction High School, and of course at Colorado Mesa as well. Uh, we're seeing improvements from this team. Uh, certainly, with uh, with with a four and ten record, uh, they they've been able to to be more competitive. They've they've stayed in games for them on, but did pick up a, a, a lopsided win uh, on Friday night to open up league play uh, for both teams. But Nerea Sills for them is averaging almost ten points per game. Uh, they've also had a, a good start to the season from. Uh, uh, Harper Young, just a freshman. She's at seven points per game. She's one of their top rebounders, almost five rebounds per contest. So it is a Grand Junction team that is still going through some 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 growing pains, Mary. But for Sydney, this is a team that has also uh, made some major strides as well. Yeah, I mean, and you do. And when you get kids in like Harper, I mean, Harper is um, fantastic. What a great freshman to get in, have that size and. Um, she also has like kind of a skill level underneath the basket, you know, drop sets and up and unders. And I think she's going to be a, a fun kid to watch grow for the next four years. Um, and yeah, it, you know, talent obviously helps like getting, uh, some talent in and then just learning, you know, expectations of the coaching staff and disciplines and what you're going to focus on. So, you know, year two should be better than year one and hopefully year three is better than year two and um you know it's just it, it takes time to build things and do things the right way and so yeah it's, it's great they're winning some ball games and um they're being competitive they're competitive with durango the other day and uh you'll they'll be competitive tonight sid was on your bench for a while as an assistant does she still pick your brain or you're not at the stage where you're a head coach. She's a head coach, and those conversations don't occur anymore. Um, you know, I'm open to talk to anybody. If anybody wants to talk to me about X's and O's, I'm more than happy to pick up a phone and and speak with whoever um, would like to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, if if Sydney needs anything, she's she's called and she's she's asked. But um, you know, she really has also surrounded herself with some people with some great basketball IQs. Um, you know, Kelsey and Rigsby uh and so you know I think they're all trying to just figure it out a little bit on their own and um you know know that they have like backup if they need it no doubt about it of course we'll have a uh, coverage tonight of both uh Grand Junction teams at Central likewise uh both Montrose teams at Fruit of Monument it's our full court coverage coverage starts at five o'clock tonight with uh girls tip off at five thirty. boys right around seven o'clock brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Mary, uh, congratulations on the, the great start to league, and, and good luck tonight against Grand Junction. Appreciate it, Jim. Thank you so much. Right, take care. Mary Doan, coach of the Central Girls basketball team. Yeah, Mary in better uh, better spirits than she was on the road in Fort Collins where just feels like, I know we're better than this. I know we, right. we, 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 we've got to find a way to pull this together. We have too much talent with 
with Bryn Wagner and Christina Manzanera. We've, we've, we've got a good basketball team here. Just got to figure some things out, and they have certainly done that uh, with this uh, winning streak that they're on right now. And, and, you know, winning always puts coaches in better moods. Absolutely. But I, and I think part of it, too, was just kind of how wonky the schedule's been for and some of these league teams. Yeah, they opened up league play with Montrose and then got out of league play for a couple of games. And Yeah. And I, and I, and I agreed with what Mary said. And, and, and John Sedanich, uh, her, her counterpart at Central, the boys coach, made a comment about it as well. It's like it's it's hard when you get into league, you play a game, and then you're out of you're, you're then, gonna play non non league games for the next two games. Yeah, it's 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 got a little bit of a whiplash effect, you know, that you're you're gonna go into the grind of league play where not that not that non league games don't matter because they do for you know like RPI or just absolutely or for just sort of measuring you know. For just for seeing other teams that you don't normally see, but then you get into league play and it's teams that you see all the time. You know what each other is going to be expecting, so you got to really bring your A game. You know that kind of shift in focus from all right. Let's see where we stack up against some of these teams we've never seen before. See where we are RPI and all that stuff too. This is the league. This is literally what we play for year in and year out. And then, oh, real quick, back to this, you know, non-league stuff. It's like it, it's you know, it kind of tug of wars you a little bit if you're if you're a coach and a and a player, right? And you heard Mary reference Sid with a couple of her former teammates at Mesa that are her assistant coaches with the Kelsey Siemens who had a a, phen- a phenomenal career mm-hmm. just like Sydney did. And uh, Kylan Rigsby, so that are that are helping out with uh, with Grand Junction. So, uh, three players there that know how to win because they they did it at the collegiate level. They also did it at the high school level as well. And I think it's hilarious that they're going to be now coaching against. Not, and you know, for Sydney, obviously serving as an assistant under Mary Doan, but also Sydney's going to be coaching against Bryn Wagner, the daughter of. <laughs> Her former head coach at Mesa, Taylor Wagner. And, and, she, and she got to do that last year, too, when, when Alex was was also playing when That's before right. she graduated. Yeah. Taylor's other daughter. So, yeah, so another another game against her former coach's daughter tonight <laughs> out at Central High School. Should be a, a great night, both at Fruit of Monument and Central tonight for high school basketball. And that's the thing we love about full-court coverage. It, it allows you to sit in the comfort of your living room or wherever, and you don't have to drive to Central. You don't have to drive to Fruit of Monument. If you want to, that's great. And we always encourage you to get out and, and support local high school athletics and watch it in person. But if you if you can't get to one or the other... Because well, they're on opposite ends of the valley. That's part of the reason we do full court coverage, to bring you a coverage of all the local basketball right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, 838, Jim along with Cake. And uh, do we have a winner yet for a Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema? We do. Okay, let me do this. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Congratulations to Seth correctly answering today's Stadium Cinema. I'm going to play the clip one more time just for context. So. Okay. Check this out. I have been messing with this team for decades. <laughs> Another one. So, the, she did not say a dirty word there. She no, said, and I, I realize now. Team. I realize now how that might sound. Who's the name of the team? It is the name of the team, the New York Knickerbockers, the Knicks. 
Now, here's your sort of uh, bonus question. Uh, do you know who that voice is uh, doing the play-by-play -play at the end there? I do not. That would be uh, one ESPN's... Uh, oh, I just had it. Hang on. I just had it. Um, okay. Well, give me, give me like, give me a next commercial break. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. it, 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 she's an ESPN personality and, oh God, I'm, I'm, I feel, I'm so embarrassed that I totally. It's okay. But yeah, we, so we the can... New York Knicks, so Seth correctly answering today's stadium cinema gets the downtown double play with triple play records and junction square pizza all right very good congratulations to him we'll take a break and we'll come back with pole dancing that's next on the jim davis show i'm the morning guy i have a facebook group 16 members some call it a fan page i don't know oh hell yeah the jim davis show on colorado's sports leader the team we got it together didn't we Coming to the stage, yeah. it's Amber. Wait, Remember, everybody, $14 Kamikaze. Let me ask you a question. Do I make you horny, baby? Do I? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? Get those dollar bills out. It's time for pole dancing. I can easily feel All right, so today, got a couple for you. Top five non-quarterback best players left in the playoffs heading into the, the championship weekend. So we got we got that. And also with Todd Helton hoping to hear the good news today. And, and Helton's not on this list. It's top five players, in our opinion, that should be in the Hall of Fame. My list will probably, will probably upset some people. As will mine. Probably will not make some people very happy, but that's... That's okay. It's our. It's who we think should be in, and we'll we'll give you the reason why. So let's start out with our our top five. This is non best non quarterback players left in the playoffs with championship weekend starts Sunday on the team. So we can alternate here. We'll go five and five. And All right. We'll because we got time to do that. All right. Start. I'll start out with number five, and Jim is going to be very happy. Our uh, Lions and Michigan friend. Jim Landis is going to be very happy because I've got a couple of Lions on here. Detroit tight end Sam Laporta. That's a good one. Rookie out of Iowa. Setting receiving records for a rookie tight end this season. I've got him as my number five best non-quarterback player left in the playoffs. I also have a Detroit Lion as my number five. A guy that I think... He gets credit, but I think the position he plays does not nearly get enough credit for how they, well they've done this year. Penay Sewell. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Detroit Lions O-line in general has played really well this year. They've protected Jared Goff. They've allowed for a really good running game. You know who's part of that offensive line? Oh, Graham um, Glasgow. Former Bronco. Yeah, Graham former Glasgow. Former Lion, Bronco, and now back to, back, being, a back to being a Lion. So, yeah, Penny Sewell, my number five non best non-QB playing this week. Number four, I'm going to go with Baltimore defensive tackle Justin Matabuke, which I believe I'm saying that correctly. I did check. You I checked the pronouncer? I, I hate it when you go 
on YouTube or something, and they do a pronunciation. But it's these two guys going back because the one guy keeps screwing it up, and he keeps screwing it up. The guy's like, no, just give me the pronunciation. Give me the name. I don't need a skit. Just give I don't me need a, I don't need name. you doing a, a, a bit. I just need you to tell how do you say his name. 13 and a half sacks this season. Part of that great defense that right now Baltimore has heading into the AFC Championship game. Young guys, well, Justin Matabuke is my uh, my number four best non-quarterback left in the playoffs. My number four this uh, week is San Francisco linebacker Fred Warner. Now, uh, he's got 132 tackles this season, which is it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. You could put Bosa in there and, you know, you could really truly put a lot of the San Francisco defenders in there. But Fred Warner is kind of the anchor. He's like the he's the guy. He seems to be the commander of that unit. So number four for me is Fred Warner. Got another lion, another rookie lion. I think I know who it is, and I I almost put him on my list too. Jamil Gibbs, the running back out of oh, Alabama. Guy's yeah. good. Gibbs, the first Lions rookie to score multiple. Barry didn't even do this. Barry didn't Barry. do it. To score multiple touchdowns in the playoffs because, well, he didn't really got there like once, I think. Also, third all-time for Lions in total offensive yards for a rookie. I think it's a Jameer Gibbs. My apologies. My typo on myself. Jameer Gibbs, the former Alabama running back. I've got him at number three. My number three is also a rookie, but is uh, a rookie for an AFC team. Okay. Zay Flowers. Pretty good. Wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Also, when I was putting together this list, I realized very quickly that I could have easily left off almost an entire team that's playing in the, <laughs> yeah, in the conference championship because there's just so much talent on, on a lot of these teams. But so I wanted to get at least one team represented on this list. So Zay Flowers, probably the... Definitely one of the most important draft pieces that the Ravens have had this year. And a guy that's been kind of a, a favorite target of Lamar's this year. That's a great choice. You've had good ones so far. Very, very impressive. Thank you. Go to number two. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's a good pick. The way he impacts the game. Debo Samuel could be on here as well. I mean, there's a lot of George Kittle could have been on. There's so many players that could be on this team but McCaffrey with what he does in terms of how he impacts the game catching pass out of the backfield running the football I've got Christian McCaffrey as my my number two my number two is the guy who helped his quarterback set the record for most QB receiver touchdown connections in the postseason that would be one Travis Mr. Taylor Swift, Kelsey. He's my number two. He is, for all the, again, we talked about it yesterday, all the people that are like, well, he's done, and he's old, he's washed up. Well, yeah, he had two touchdowns last week, so. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. My number two, Travis Kelsey. Pretty pretty good for a washed up guy. Exactly. And my number one, I have his Kansas City teammate, Chris Jones. The impact that Jones has on other teams' running games, the ability to help collapse the pocket, playing on that on that defensive line, and 
he's he's uh, like Travis Kelsey, not beloved in in Buffalo. No, he's got plenty of snowballs chucked at him. <laughs> but uh, but Chris Jones, an incredibly impactful player for the Chiefs, and one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. I've got Chris Jones as my number one player on my list. My number one player is your number two, Christian McCaffrey. The guy is a bell cow. He does everything. He runs. He catches. He's the safety net for Brock Purdy or, for that matter, any quarterback that San Francisco plugs in there. So my number one is Christian McCaffrey this weekend. All right. So we go to Major League Baseball with uh, Todd Helton hopefully getting the good news later today that he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'll start out my number five. All right. It's Shoeless Joe Jackson. That's a good one. While Shoeless Joe was by Major League Baseball at the time implicated in the, the, the Black Sox scandal, the numbers in that World Series don't mesh up with him going out and tanking it. And his, his numbers were extremely good in that World Series. So I have Shoeless Joe Jackson as my my number five player that should be in the in the major league, in the baseball hall of fame in Cooperstown. My number five is a name that I'll admit is kind of out there, and I probably never would have heard of him had I not fallen down the YouTube rabbit hole. There's a uh, channel called Secret Base that does like really really nerdy inside sports documentary series. And they did a, uh, a, a piece on Dave Steeb. Oh yeah. Dave Steeb was great. Pitcher for the blue Jays guy that uh, really should be truly considered one of the better pitchers of his era. Dave Steeb, my number five. All right. Once again, one final thing about shoeless Joe, 356 career average. That's pretty good. 170 career OPS plus. Yeah. And once upon a time, manager Connie Mack said, this is when he was managing, um, you know, when Ted Williams played against the A's in a doubleheader. Connie Mack said, I wish I had a Williams. I had him once and I lost him. He was referring to Julius Joe Jackson. All right. My number four, it's Dick Allen. Sadly, uh, Dick Allen passed away. And so if he does go in eventually, it's going to be posthumously. But Dick Allen, uh, career 156 league adjusted OPS plus, puts him in you know the upper echelon of some of the, the post integration hitters. Uh, ten years best tenure at the plate was pretty much the standard. But uh, Dick Allen fell one shy vote of the election in 2021. Ugh. So um, Dick Allen, though, uh, guy that I unfortunately I have to go in posthumously, but. Uh, but Dick Allen's my number four. So my number four, number three, and number two all have something in common, which is that they are arguably the best of the best that have also the worst, I guess you could say, um, not necessarily personalities, but they, uh, they're they definitely not known for being great people per se. But my number four the home run king, Barry Bonds. The guy leads in home runs. Yeah, okay, there were PEDs. And this this is going to keep coming up as long as it's a thing. The PEDs, the steroid use, that's going to keep coming up. But Barry Bonds, he's still the best home run hitter in baseball. You got to put that guy in. 
and uh, he'll make an appearance on uh, on my list. By the way, I have Kurt Schilling. Get it, Kurt Schilling? I really like Kurt Schilling. I understand that people are not fans of the guy. No, but uh, but Kurt Schilling, as far as his his numbers go uh, in his career, um, I, I just feel like that he's one of those one of those guys that while was not was not beloved by the media. Red Sox fans were free the, the bloody sock and all that. Was it ketchup? Was it actual blood? Who knows? Uh, but Kurt Schilling also pitched here in Grand Junction in the Juco World Series. I um I, I just think Kurt Schilling, the numbers to me scream that the guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Agreed. Uh number three for me, Pete Rose. Best in baseball. You gotta put him in. Yeah, the hit king. I've got Barry Bonds number two. I have he, Roger Clemens at number two. He was he was trending in, in Clemens easily. That's a great choice uh, on this list. A Rod could be on this list as well. To be fair, and but I got Barry Bonds number two. I've got Pete Rose number one. All all complicated. And I get it. And look, Joe Je- Shoeless Joe's never going to get in. Barry's never probably going to get in. Pete Rose will probably never get in. Uh, I think Schilling will at some point. But Pete Rose, what what he did on the field, you have to separate that from what he did as a manager right? with gambling on baseball. I feel like you have to do that. Real quick, my number one, Tommy John. If you have a surgery named after you, I think you should at least be in some <laughs> Hall of Fame. I like that. That's good. Excellent work. Take excellent work. Hour three coming up.